Hello. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm William Gallagher. Our sponsors this week are Nom Nom and ZocDoc. More about them later. Previously on the Apple Insider Podcast, I mean an entire week ago as we record this, there was this big discussion that I was not part of. Mike Worthily and Wes Hilliard. It wasn't as simplistic as one for and one against the Apple Vision Pro but it bordered on that, and it got very deep and very philosophical. If you haven't heard that one, rush to listen to it. I mean, after this one, obviously. But I've, now I'm back to ask practical, serious questions. And I've got Wes, who I would think, Wes, Wes Hilliard, I think it's fair to say you were the, the more pro, Apple Vision Pro user. Is that right? Yes, to uh, the contention of some listeners, I, I had a few people writing in saying, why is Mike such a sourpuss? But uh, <laughs> honestly, though, I think it was good to have someone on who wasn't as exuberant about Apple Vision Pro as I was, because it really challenged me. And uh, I, I like that. But I mean, it, it, he didn't change my mind, but he definitely made me explain my case, which is always nice. That's great. Actually, I love it when people change my mind. But uh, these days, whoever changes their mind about anything, let's not go there. Um, in all of the f philosophical discussions about it, uh, one thing I thought was really key, the thing that kind of made me sit up when I was listening, was Mike just asking you, were you wearing the Vision Pro while you were talking? So one week on, Wes, are you wearing the Vision Pro as we record this? Oh, of course. Yeah, I've got Excellent. my show notes and uh, Safari here and my desktop out in a snowfield in Yosemite, so. <laughs> right. And you're shown, uh, so they're all spread around your room as well as in Yosemite. You, do you have to turn your head to see something? Right now, no. Everything's in front of me. I, I What I don't get is how clear the text is on things. I mean, I presume if you put something far away, it's going to be harder to read. But generally speaking, it's is Vision Pro text sh as sharp as you would hope um it's as sharp as looking at an ipad i mean um i guess if you really wanted to pixel peep and try to squint you could probably say that i don't know <laughs> i it, it's clear I, there's i think they're doing something with, specifically with text rendering here that um just makes it extra clear because there's just there's nothing uh, it's it's just text i i don't know how to say it like especially and native apps, I, I think you get a little more degradation depending on what what you're looking at. Um, Safari notes, those are crystal clear. Uh, they're native apps. Um, some third-party apps struggle a little bit, especially because some of their text is just so small. And, of mm. course, you can resize text in some apps, so that helps. But um, there's just certain things that kind of like, yeah, this doesn't belong here, so this doesn't look as well as it should. I've heard some reports of people saying the Mac mode is a little blurry and weird. Um, I would say I, it depends. Uh, if it's right here in front of my face, the foveated rendering, I think that's maybe what people are encountering. Um, the desktop is in full 4K in front of you, but if you look around the desktop, if it's big enough that you need to move your eyes to see the whole thing, parts of it are going to blur out. So oh, I see. people could right. be encountering that because foveated, foveated rendering is what makes Apple Vision Pro work and able to have such a dense display. But uh, no, I haven't really encountered anything that says, wow, this just doesn't work, or I just can't read this, especially with these uh, inserts in. Right. Every time I talk to you, my mind goes off in three different directions based on things you said. I mean, I'm interested in the inserts. I'm interested in the Mac display thing. Uh, let's cover off something I don't understand. I don't know what a foveated display is, and I keep reading the word. Can you explain that to me? Uh, it's pretty straightforward. A lot of headsets do it. Um, the technology started coming into play, uh, I, I believe, with MetaQuest 2, PlayStation VR 2. Um, basically, use eye tracking inside of the headset to see where the person is gazing at the display. And you're only rendering at that location. But it's all so fast that you can't tell... Uh, unless you turn your head very quickly to a display that's just completely off screen and then you, you're kind of tricking the computer into catching up at like a video game, not rendering the texture behind the character or something. Um, but yes, basically because the pixels, there's so many pixels, uh, they're about the size of a blood cell. Um, it can't run all of them at a hundred percent all of the time, full resolution, perfect display. It just can't do that. Uh, but the, 
way foveated rendering works is basically how the human eye works. You're also not seeing your entire world around you 100, 180 degrees at all all times. Um, the further you get away from the center of your pupil, the blurrier and more out of focus things are. And you just don't realize it because your brain just kind of makes it go away. I did actually notice even during um, Apple did this really nice um, guided tour video uh, of it. There was one moment when the fella had put his head on and he moved away. The woman who was, I've forgotten the name, but she's like really senior in Apple and was teaching her through it. She seemed to me to be just a tiny bit distorted. And I thought that was sub Apple really, but it's just normal enough that you don't notice it unless Um, you're disco dancing or something. Well, you're also looking at a recording of a 3d video on a 2d plane. Um, I haven't really noticed any distortion. So I keep, calling back to this because i don't i haven't really experienced the uh the meta quest 3 my only experience with other headsets is psvr 2 and that's really just for gaming and the environments for that are pretty open and clear and i'm not staring at other people um you're usually in an immersive vr environment so i really need to get a hold of a meta quest just to try it out but from what i've seen there's a lot going on there that's just very different from Apple Vision Pro, and um, we can get into that in a second because uh, Mark Zuckerberg had some uh, comments. But um, there was a medical uh, study, I, I believe at Stanford, we need to get that link in the show notes, um, that I wrote about literally, I think, the day or two days before Apple Vision Pro launched. So I didn't even have the thing to compare to, and neither did they. The whole study was on MetaQuest, <laughs> and they had yeah. a video of them um because they recorded from within the headset of them walking around and doing stuff and it's just so starkly different from my experience with apple vision pro they would move their hand um a fair distance in front of them you know arm's length in front of them across a pattern space and it would warp around their hand because it's trying to do the hand occlusion around real environments which doesn't make sense your hand's already there why why do you need to occlude it um as they turn their head, you would just get these gashes and warps and tears as the headset was trying to catch up. Like I, they wrote about the psychological effects of this kind of disruption and distortion, the warping of people's faces, the blurring of environments, um, as how it would affect the human brain and make you either sick or lonely or what, what have you there, there's all these effects. And of course they couldn't test it on Apple vision pro. And I was just, you know, kind of got it in my head. I was like, man, Am I going to put Apple Vision Pro on and just see this distorted version of reality? I'm not sure what to expect, and I get it. And yes, it's a video camera filming the world around me. We've discussed this at length. It's still a bit, a little noisy depending on how bright the room is. If you're in the middle of a Apple Store glass cube with the sun shining on it, it's going to be starkly clear. But in my office, it's going to be a little muddy. But overall, it's a well done recreation. The depth, the uh, what not field of view as in how far I can see around my eyes. Cause it's only about a hundred to 107 degrees somewhere in there. Uh, but the field of view as in my natural eyesight sees the room this way with this curvature, like all of that fits so well. And of course there's going to be distortion. If I hold, if I try to drink a water bottle or right now the microphone in front of my face, if I don't have a, uh, a scene on, it looks crazy because there's two cameras. Basically it's like you're looking at the end of your nose and there's just a, it's warping around the cameras trying to understand what this object that's too close to you. And like that still occurs cause you can't fix for that. That's just a natural environment effect. But the stuff I was seeing in this MetaQuest video and people can chime in who've tried it. It's just, it was a little disconcerting and I'm glad to see that Apple vision pro solved for a lot of those issues, the reality distortion kind of stuff. I'm, uh, I think I'm down to two ways my mind's going. One of them is, uh, do you mind my asking you, I'm basically interrogating you about Apple Vision Pro, and to you, well, I've had it for weeks now, it's normal. Um, are you still, in, is it still a new toy to you as well, do you think? So things have been so busy on my end that I've had really one free day with it, Um like I had a Saturday where my partner had to work and I was actually just able to sit at home and try the thing out on my own without it being a work device. And that was, that was interesting. And I, I, I need more of those days. Like I, I'm champing at the bit here because I just haven't had enough. Um, I've been using it for work. So when it's on for work, it's work. I'm not playing around. I'm in Safari. I'm in drafts. I'm, I'm writing content. You know, I have things I need to do. 
So, uh, and maybe I'm um, checking out an app or I'm looking into s- some feature to, or I'm, I'm reviewing something. But again, it's not a toy at that point. It's uh, my work. It's my job. So I haven't had a lot of opportunity outside of that. And, and for work, it's been great. And I'm still like using it every day on my shift. I'm, I'm coming in and I'm thinking, well, I need to get a couple things done. And uh, these social apps are only on my iPad. So I don't, even if they were available on Vision Pro, I'm not really that interested in having threads on my Vision Pro. So I want to go manage that content to check into work, check all the, all that kind of stuff on the iPad first and kind of whittle away at what needs to be done outside the headset. And then I'm sitting there thinking, all right, so when am I going to put this thing on? And it's usually about an hour, hour and a half into the shift. I'm caught up enough that, all right, now it's time to focus, get focused work done, write news, write a review. And uh, so I get into the headset and go from there. Um, and I, so it's usually on me about six hours of shift with breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I haven't lost interest in it. It hasn't become, well, I'm just going to work from my Mac today or, well, it, let's just get the iPad or, um, I don't want to touch this thing. Honestly, the minute I take it off and it's time for me to wind down from work and go, go to bed cause I work in a late shift. I'm still thinking maybe I should go get it so I could watch an episode of TV and, or try this thing out or try that thing out. And I have to force myself away from it so I don't stay up till 3 a.m. Wow. Uh, I think the obvious question is about the comfort after that amount of time. But where my mind goes is um, if it is not the thing you're writing about or reviewing, do you forget that it's there and you're able to concentrate on what, whatever it is you're actually doing? Is Has it become a normal tool to you yet? More or less, uh, yeah. Uh, there's always going to be a presence, especially at this size, at this weight, of it being on your face. Um, it's as I described to Mike, as I wrote in the review. Um, and if you guys haven't read it yet, go check out the review. I think, uh, this is one of my better ones, but, um, I wrote about how your nose isn't there until someone tells you that it's there and suddenly it's in your field of view. Um, it's kind of like that with vision pro though. I'm still wearing the solo knit band. Uh, I, I just never tried the dual band again. It was just too uncomfortable. Um, too many pressure points on my head, uh, like a, a baseball yeah. cap you've put on too tightly. Um, the solo knit, I've noticed, uh, so I've been trying to figure out why people have a problem with this band. I don't know. It, it's not, a, of course, going to be universal. Um, everything's going to fit everyone differently. But I did notice that uh, someone was mentioning ear curling. <laughs> they were worried about ear curling with the vision, uh, with the uh, knit band. And I'm like, the knit band's nowhere near my ears. The, the strap's going over the crown of my head. It's uh, it's a very light diagonal, but it's not sitting horizontal, like parallel to the earth either. Um, so maybe people are just wearing it incorrectly. And I think that's on Apple. They should do a better job of showing people what to do um, with this thing and how to wear it. But anyway, as far as fit and fatigue goes, it's it's been fine. I've just it fall, falls away into the background, and as long as I'm in the moment, looking at what I need to do, editing a photo, reading a story, whatever, playing a game, it goes away. And uh, I try to recall moments when I'm like, am I noticing its weight? And of course, as soon as I think about it, I notice it again. So it's one of those things you can't really, it's like trying to catch the refrigerator light turning off, right? Uh, As you shut the door, you can't really put it into words because it's not there until you're thinking about it. So Schrodinger's cat is, is there too much weight, too much pressure until, you know, you're actually thinking about it. All of this, uh, I feel really quite guilty now about what I'm going to do to you next, which is, but you know, it has to happen. News is news. I'm afraid you've bought the wrong headset. Mm -hmm. The MetaQuest 3 is the better product. Mark Zuckerberg has told us this. So are you going to trade in? your Apple Vision Pro perhaps, or or perhaps maybe send it to someone in the UK this over is, here who would look after it for you. <laughs> this is a if curious you. video. Uh, did you watch it? No, I kept, I was, I saw the opening screen and there was just something strangely wrong about it. It seemed badly filmed. It was like uh, looking at a teenager, not a, a, a billionaire CEO. And I just had a feeling it was not going to be as educational as I might hope. It was one uh, of his better videos, his more human moments. Um, he definitely yeah. didn't come off as a robot like he has in courtrooms or interviews. Um, but the entire thing was filmed with the MetaQuest 3's pass-through. He wanted to point that out. And um, I noticed 
one of the bigger sins of that video was <laughs> the windows are curved like a curved display like you have william and i'm just like no thank Ouch. you um okay. it's just not yeah. something i'm interested in but uh yeah they the ui in there just was kind of egregious to me but maybe it'd be different if i was wearing the headset i don't know but um uh, of course they didn't show any text on the display the uh website they had open was for a green day concert with these giant letters on the screen and then they had another <laughs> app open for generating ai uh, images um and that's all you saw in the headset while he was interviewing and he, the ui quickly went away after mark mentioned like oh we're recording in the headset look he has floating windows too look how crisp it is or whatever just trying to say we can do this too kind of thing um i just noted that they didn't show us any text or anything of particular interest and i noticed the menu bar at the bottom was just an again an odd choice it felt like they took a, a mac dock and put it floating in the air just not how you not how I would envision this thing. But anyway, uh, it's a good video and it's a good argument. I mean, if, coming from the CEO of Meta, of course, he's not going to come out there and say, well, we failed. Apple did it. We're just going to give up. We're going to go home. <laughs> no more MetaQuest. Uh, he did bring up like eye tracking needs to come back to MetaQuest. So he's teasing the MetaQuest 4 is going to have eye tracking or whatever. But um, overall, not terribly out of place like yes the meta quest is going to be a mass market device it's much cheaper at 500 dollars, but it's also a completely different object i i think he got it right people are using it to get up move around and play games they're uh doing that silly metaverse stuff the people who are buying yeah, it want to yeah. want to join that metaverse thing that they're doing um mm. whereas like i use my psvr to play video games and I want to use Apple Vision Pro for that. There just aren't that many available yet. So we'll see how that goes as uh, more apps and stuff come out. But I think they're just completely different classes of devices. Because if the text isn't clear and the world is warping around me and the pass-through isn't as high quality as Apple Vision Pro's, I can't see using the Meta Quest the same way I do Vision Pro. I, I, I think it's a fundamental thing. Uh, and of course, the way Mark... Zuckerberg categorizes it as, as we're the best at everything. This is the best headset you can buy for the things people use uh, headsets for. But here's the thing. His headset until now was the only headset you could buy to do these things. So the only things you can do are the things that are designed right. for it to do. <laughs> we don't, we've never had Apple's paradigm before. So we have to see what Apple's headset's going to be good at um, versus uh, Meta Quest. And I think we we're already seeing that with um, work, text entry, and stuff like that. You mentioned that I have a curved monitor. I have a 49-inch Samsung uh, monitor. I think if you had 20 of them side by side, it would become a full circle. But what I like about it is not that it's curved. It's just that wherever I turn to look at it is flat in front of me. Mm -hmm. So I forget that it's curved until I walk into my office and see this crescent moon-shaped thing on my desk so MetaQuest, um, uh, at least its window for that chrome browser or whatever was very very curved that could have just been an effect of him being on the edge of it i don't know but it's just starkly different from my experience with vision pro that's why it stood out for me because everything in here is nice and flat with 3d objects uh you said he pointed out that the interview was recorded with see-through so he was wearing the headset filming someone else or no, someone else was... some some guy they were in the brightest room in the world <laughs> uh so he had a, a sun facing living room with like a outdoor patio with floor to ceiling windows with the sun coming through uh so by the way that's that's how you ensure that there's uh zero noise on any camera you could probably yeah. get an iphone 4 and record beautiful video in that environment um but anyway, he pointed out that his colleague was recording him, and they quickly panned around. It was the only break in that video. The rest of it was filmed from the headset, which was kind of a muddy orange hue because he must have had some kind of warm temperature lights, um, or it must have just been that time of day. Maybe it was a little bit more of a golden period uh, for the sun. But uh, the color coming through the headset was very warm, and you could tell that Yes, he was in his living room, and it was a decent picture, but it was also very muddy. Like, uh, you, you could tell the difference. I could immediately tell the difference between that and, say, the Vision Pro just from a resolution standpoint. But again, Good. we're looking at a video recorded with a headset being played through a social media website. So who knows what it actually looked like? That's a good point. 
There is one aspect of this that actually I might know that you might not because I wrote the article. Um, this thing about the see-through thing, it's a firm called um, OptoFidelity, benchmarking test equipment manufacturer, who tested Apple Vision Pro and MetaQuest 3, also MetaQuest Pro and, I've got to get the letters right, HTC Vive XR Elite. Or is that HTC VIVE XR ELIT? One of those. Yeah. Anyway, something like that. Um, and what they did is that it was called photon to photon measurement, shine a light into it. What's the time from when the light's turned on to when it is received by the cameras, whatever the receptors within the Vision Pro? When would the user see it? How long would that take? Um, if I told you that MetaQuest 3 uh, did slightly better than... Meta, no, MetaQuest Pro did the best out of these. Um, came in around 40 milliseconds. Apple Vision Pro was slightly different, though. Would you like to guess how fast Apple Vision Pro was? Well, I'm looking at the graph now, and yes, 11, sec 11 milliseconds is impressive. And that's within Apple's uh, range, of course. Right. Um, and again, that I was think my big surprise. I was building up to that. <laughs> <laughs> you just looked at the data. <laughs> well, I think... Um... What's interesting here is this goes back to my discussion of, again, my, I haven't had hands-on time, but from what I've heard from other people, what I saw from that Stanford study, is um, the distance and time between recording the video and getting it to your eyeballs is very important. It's it's a huge part of what plays into the reality breaking um, and how, you know, and motion sickness and basically psychological and physiological symptoms and issues of wearing a headset can be solved with that very fast millisecond um, pass through coupled with a high refresh rate, which Apple also has at a hundred uh, Hertz peak. But um, yeah, looking at this, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, if those are coming in at around 40 milliseconds, let me put it this way. Uh, it's still pretty fast, um, but you don't want like a 40 second, uh, 40 millisecond lag on a video game online. Cause you'll die every time kind of thing. Like, that's that's the kind of difference we're dealing with here, uh, where snap decisions, your eye is able to take in information so quickly, um, it turns into a problem pretty quick. Funny you should mention games, though, because I told you there were all sorts of things I wanted to ask you about, and quite unusually for me, one of them is games. Because as we record this, Apple has just announced uh, 12 new native spatial, or I was going to say spatial audio, spatial video games for Apple Vision Pro. And I'm surprised to say, for a brief moment, I was quite excited. And then I realised the thing I was excited about was there's a chess game in there. So you could play as if using a real chessboard. And I could just get a real chessboard, couldn't I? Do you know about the games on Apple Vision Pro? And you are a gamer. Uh, is Apple Arcade's offerings make you tempted to play there? Well, I've played a few games in Vision Pro. Uh, most of them are 2D right now. And this story, um, let's see. It's funny because most of these were already here. And it looks like, no, actually, I think this is it. I think these are all already here um, in Vision Pro because I've been through the list about 10 times trying to figure out what's available. Um, I should say Apple pointed out in the same announcement that there are 250 iPhone and iPad games that you can already play. Uh, so is it that these are new versions uh, of it or did they just get them out early and hadn't mentioned them yet? So, yeah, that's basically what happened here. Um, a, lo a lot of these games have been slowly rolling out or were available uh, when Apple Vision Pro launched. Synth Rider specifically, I I've played a few times. Um, this Game Room game is interesting. Um but the rest, uh, like what the golf, I think works better as a 2D window because they're basically just building an AR mountain that you play on. And I feel like that game works better with touch uh, or a controller. If in that case, the pinch and look uh, metrics don't really work in a game that requires that much um, precision because you're kind of throwing a, a a ball or object across a field into a, you know, golf hole. <laughs> um, so it requires a little more precision than just looking and pinching and maybe you could get good at it but i just found that it wasn't that well done uh yeah there's things you can do here i mean I, it's fine there's there's nothing here at launch because again no one had it and especially game developers aren't going to be able to 
properly port a game, you can't just throw something built for a different yeah. VR headset into Apple Vision Pro and just expect it to work. It just doesn't happen that way. Uh, so I, I expect this to get a lot better over time. Uh, paid games are going to be a thing in Apple Vision Pro in the App Store. Apple Arcade's fine. It's always been kind of just fine. <laughs> but um, we'll see what happens when other developers outside of Apple Arcade start releasing games for $10, $20, $40 inside of Apple Vision Pro. This episode of the Apple Insider Podcast is brought to you by ZocDoc, the free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Now, we have such a different healthcare system where I live in the UK that I simply had no idea how complicated and just plain hard it is to find a doctor in the States or how then you might find one, you might find one near you, and they might even have an appointment available soon, but then they don't take your insurance. It is unbelievable to me that sometimes you can't find out they won't take your insurance until you've been to the appointment. So if I were in the US and I needed a doctor, I would turn to ZocDoc. It finds you the doctors you need, where you need them, and it's always completely clear whether they'll take your insurance or not. And just to add to all this, it's not just simple. ZocDoc is fast. You can get same-day appointments, but even the typical wait time is only 24 to 72 hours. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Apple Insider. ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider. And thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Insider podcast. I did notice there's a Lego game in there, and all I can think of is, when did Lego get so complicated? It used to be a couple of bricks, now it's make your own Harry Potter Star Wars combination thing, and virtually as well. So, yeah, I'm not the market for this sort of thing. But actually, that thought there, saying what will happen when other people, other developers get to it, there is this claim that there are people even within Apple who were saying you should wait for Apple Vision Pro four or something like that before you should get into it and you sound much more positive than that even with version one do you think that's really what apple thinks internally well apple isn't a monolith everyone has their own opinions um you know this is one of those uh people familiar with the matter stories yes. uh, from yeah. uh, mark german and generally speaking his information is good like he he has good sources so like i i can honestly believe that there are people he's spoken to at apple um who say yeah version 4 is the one to go for but honestly i've said the same thing in casual conversation it it makes sense we're um like with the iphone it didn't blow up with the first one it didn't blow up with even the next couple it was iphone 4 when it became what you'd call uh, mass marketable and it wasn't until the iphone 6 when it got bigger that it became what you call mainstream all right it it really blew up but for iphone 4 i think was uh, definitely the tipping point because it got onto those other carriers and whatnot we you know you could debate this all day when did apple the iphone actually blow up but um mm -hmm. i think for vision pro it's a similar story it's good now um but it's still the worst version we're ever going to have and uh, I think they're going to quickly iterate on it. Um, what do we have to wait for version four to get the, you know, optimum version of it? Maybe we don't. We have no idea. <clears throat> we haven't even seen a hint, even in rumors or patents, of what version two point could look like. Um, it's so far away. Like if it really is going to take till twenty twenty six, twenty twenty seven, for version two to come out. We're so far away from it, it could change 10 times between now and then. Mm -hmm. So we have no idea what a version 2 looks like, let alone version 4. So this is just um, fancy prognosticating. Uh, I wouldn't take it too seriously. Um, it's one of those things, if you want it now, get it now, because it's not going to change in like two to three years, uh, unless Apple pulls a fast one. But all signs point to a much later release. I don't think we're going to come out in like 
WWDC and have Apple come out and say, Jen, all right, well, everyone who bought one in February, thank you, and here's the next one. Uh, suckers. Yeah, I don't, yeah suckers. I don't think that's going to happen. It'd be kind of funny, though. I'd Tim Cook saying, this is the best Vision Pro we've ever made. <laughs> I could say that. Good morning and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm now hoping for that, just for the, the theater, the drama of it. Plus, of course, the thing is, uh, you mentioned uh, patents there. We know there are 5,000 patents in this thing, and it amuses me that every week I look at patents and I must have missed at least hundreds of these. So now I'm studying ever closer. But what Apple, why, without question, clearly forgot was the health of our heads, because I've been reading, you're in trouble. Vision Pro is going to fry your brain off, isn't it, really? Well, and, <laughs> yeah, you'd think they'd think about that with 10 years and billions of dollars of testing. I mean, come on, Apple. Well, thankfully, Mike's acidity comes in handy because uh, he got the story and ran with it. Yeah. Uh, there are a group of people, I think at least five on the planet, who um, believe that everything's trying to kill you, especially radio waves. That's just not really how um, things Work. No, it's Taylor Swift that's trying to do it. Really, I think that's that's uh, the the that backup might, conspiracy theory. That yeah. might be it. And I and honestly, the cross section of those two beliefs are probably the same person. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously though, it's it's fine. Uh, everything that's ever existed since radio, um, there's been at least one person out there saying it's going to kill you. It's going to control your brain or fry it or what have you. That you know, we had this whole thing in France uh, about the. Uh, antennas on the iphone whatever 12 12 Um, yes just radio absolute i mean utter nonsense uh well you say that have you ever listened to bbc radio one i mean you know it could be that means nothing to you at all i'm sorry no i mean i'm aware of the radio but no it's (laughs) it's one of those things i guess um you you have to really push hard away on these things it's like flat earthers like there's the science just goes so far against this this structure of ideologies that it's just wrong like science can be proven wrong like that's the whole point of science like we we learn and grow and change Mm. as you know we discover gravity or whatever but um yeah no it's fairly clear that radio waves um below a certain magnitude just cannot penetrate the skin or affect your soft tissues in any way. And every time Apple comes out with a new product, it's the next thing that's going to kill you because it's Bluetooth signals too strong. And it's just, it's like I said, it's nonsense. Well, you know, people swallow air tucks. That's Apple's fault. Yeah. Airpo- the AirPods one is always, I, you know, mistaking it for Tylenol or whatever. I, yes. It's just, I just hope it doesn't happen to you. It's one of those yeah. things. I guess it can happen to anyone. Just, you know, I, I try not to make fun of those people because I guess I can understand things can just go wrong. You know, people make mistakes, but it does seem a bit absurd. Well, actually, yeah, my first thought is to think it ridiculous. But if you're in pain or something and you need medicine and it, you know, you could see. Yeah, OK, you, you actually you've changed my mind there. I like that. Maybe don't uh, buy the medicine bottle case for your AirPods Pro. <laughs> okay, that's true. Uh, so I, I'm very conscious of the fact that we talk a lot about Apple Vision Pro, and it's purely the fact that I can't get one to try. It's all selfishness. I want to know all these details for it. But there are other things. Well, and there's a lot actually, of stuff going on. Uh, before we move more. on, I guess yeah? we had one. we had one more. Uh, mm-hmm. Apple Vision Pro related thing because it's the topic of the day. <laughs> um, just real quick, the whole if if you're listening to this now, you've no doubt seen um, stories from The Verge, and then I think they kind of began the avalanche, and then everyone followed suit of oh no, Apple fans are returning Apple Vision Pro in droves. It's a failure, and no one likes it. Um, uh, this one guy at nine to five Mac, his eyeballs falling out, and uh, someone's head exploded, and it's just terrible. And the car accidents, and death, and famine, and you know, dogs and cats uh, living, living together. together. Yeah. Um, okay. So no, I, I'm. I, I just wanted to point out, it's fine, guys. Um, the reason why everyone's returning their headset, quote unquote, everyone, is because we're at the end of the two week return window, and a thirty five hundred dollar object, you're kind of meh about probably yeah. worth returning if you're not excited by this device by all means take it back like no one needs you to keep this especially apple they have all the money they need um and that th- that just means the refurbished store is going to be all the sweeter here in oh. a couple of months 
Oh, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. I like the sound of that. Okay. Yeah. In that case, thank you to everyone who's bringing it back and <laughs> I, saving us a buck. Yeah. I've spent about 50 hours, maybe 60 now. I don't know. I'm in the range up there, you know, six to seven hours a shift, 14 days since it came out, a dozen hours on a weekend once. Yeah. And I, again, taking numerous breaks. I'm washing my face every day. I'm keeping the headset clean. But I just want to point out, no rashes, outbreaks, headaches, migraines, uh, blood vessel popping, I mean, even, not even redness of the eyes. I'm good. Maybe I'm just the exact designed human for this thing, uh, and other people are just outside of that uh, equilibrium. I don't know. But it can be done. Um, but from what I can tell from these headlines is Apple Vision Pro is dangerous. Don't you know? Is That's the takeaway, at least from the headline. Maybe the text is more clear, and I'm not bothering to read these stories because i already know the content um it's just don't don't be uh scared by the uh scare tactics because uh, as far as we can tell from retail people we've spoken to it's a normal return rate for any product and uh you do get a extensive questionnaire from apple when you return one so oh, they, right. they really want to know why you're returning it it's like what, what happened what went wrong what do you not like you know so hmm. do you think that's genuine research or just trying to put a barrier up to stop you returning it a little bit of both. Social anxiety is a very strong drug. Maybe not a $3,500 drug, but... <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I, as I say, I can't buy Vision Pro. I'm in the UK. There's rumours it will come here very soon. But £3,500 would also get me an extremely nice Mac Studio. But I wouldn't buy a Mac Studio now because it's it's not very long since it was last updated. But there's now the M3 processor which is not in the mac studio yet is in some other things um apple inside has just published a, a prediction of what's likely to come out in march and unfortunately it's saying the mac studio m3 version is not very likely and things do you know about oh. this story and can you reassure me i've been with a chance okay so it's so funny um because I, I i keep track of rumors at apple insider it's kind of one of my little mm. one of my tasks so Mike just messages me a few days ago, just send me a list of everything coming out this year. <laughs> of just like approximately. I was like, how much, how much research do you need? It's like, oh, you know, just, you know, the approximation, you know, just kind of give us an idea of what to get into while I try to assign this thing. So now we have this story, uh, I'm, I'm assuming derived from that list. Um, yeah. So in March, it does look like it's going to be an iPad heavy announcement. If, if we see it at all. We could see every iPad updated. I'm assuming at least iPad Pro and iPad Air. And if we don't see the iPad Mini and iPad 10-inch, that'll be in uh, the fall. Uh, that's my assumption on the split here. But at the very least, we'll get the new iPads. We're looking at um, the MacBook Air 15 and 13, both getting M3 processors. Um, not too much else. Maybe the M3, M3 Pro um, Mac Mini. But uh, your, to answer your question, the Mac Studio won't get touched until we get M3 Ultra, which usually happens at WWDC. So you're looking oh. at closer to a June-July release window for a new product like that. Right. So that's into the next tax year here. Okay. Okay. Well, nope, I've got no answer to that. I'm just going to have to wait. I've got to say, is there is there anything in that March event that sounds like something you would want to purchase? An upgraded iPad, uh, iPad Mini. There are things that are tempting me. Um, when he said iPad, the new iPad Pro, I really like my iPad Pro. But I'm conscious that since I bought a 14-inch MacBook Pro, I've used the iPad markedly less. So I, I can't, don't think I can mentally justify it. I would wait to see what was new about it and also uh, what the price was. Although I imagine it's the same or worse than ever. They're not really likely to lower yeah. the iPad Pro price. It'll definitely go up. And the accessories are uh, going to be astronomical. Four ninety nine yes. for a keyboard, I'm calling it here. Um, okay. yeah, that that's that like aluminum enclosure keyboard, come on. It it's already three hundred and fifty dollars for a piece of plastic. You're you're telling me it's, it's not gonna be like five hundred dollars. Um, guarantee it. You can buy a Mac Mini for this keyboard. Uh yeah. we'll we'll see. Is, It'll be an interesting I, event. I remember not so very long ago, when you were the iPad man, and now that's gone. 
You're the Vision Pro man, so you're not even tempted by the new iPads, are you? Oh, I have no idea what the what this year looks like for me. Um, financially speaking, if I had it, I would immediately buy it. We're going to see if everything lines up. There, there's a potential for that to line up, just like with Vision Pro. Um, that this is a lot of expensive stuff at once. It normally doesn't happen this way. I mean. I pretty much didn't buy anything in 2023, for for example, just because Apple didn't have any products that tempted me. So, um, other than I think HomePods at the beginning of the year, that was like the most I spent on Apple products. Uh, but yeah, if the iPad Pro gets updated, it's going to either be purchased or be waiting to be purchased because I still have the M1 iPad Pro. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't get the M2, and yes, while Vision Pro is still an oddity it's it's going to take over my workflows especially at home and it's only going to get better from here as more software releases the ipad still holds a special place i'm still going to be using it it's a perfect uh opposition to the vision pro i, I had a mastodon thread i wrote um basically saying i think i can see vision pro and ipad pro on equal terms they're both equipped to be a computer alternative and when i say that it doesn't mean everyone on earth can go out and buy a vision pro and get their work done that's not what i'm saying there are just a number of people who own a computer that's probably overkill and can probably do everything just fine on an ipad and those people can probably do everything fine on vision pro and that's only going to improve as we see more software um but i think they're distinct forks from each other they complement each other but Obviously, they can't be used together. I can't put on Vision Pro and use an iPad. It just doesn't work. So the way I see it is I still need a computer to take out and about, and I'm still allergic to the Mac. So I want to have the latest iPad Pro with the the new fancy keyboard and Apple Pencil, and that's still going to be my travel computer. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to travel without Vision Pro, but I'm also not going to sit in a cafe with Vision Pro on. If, if you get my meaning. So I think there's places and times when having a laptop style computer, like an iPad pro and a keyboard, um, is going to make them even more sense than vision pro and vision pro is going to be my personal, but private computer. I'm not going to use it out in the open in the middle of the road or in, inside of my cyber truck trying to drive down the highway. So, okay. Uh, just give me a moment to absorb this allergic to Mac thing. You keep <laughs> saying, this episode of the Apple Insider Podcast is brought to you by Nom Nom, personalised food made freshly for your dog. I've never had a dog, but friends and colleagues do, and I have seen up close how much a part of the family their pets are. And I've also seen how incredibly different every dog is. Now, I don't just mean different breeds, I mean each individual dog has a totally different personality, and Nom Nom knows that. It knows that dogs have different characters, different temperaments and different tastes. So what Nom Nom does is deliver different food for every dog. It's all freshly made dog food. It's all made with wholesome ingredients made from nutrient-packed recipes designed by board-certified veterinary nutritionists. And Nom Nom has already delivered over 40 million of them to dogs. Delivery is free and there's also a money-back guarantee on your first order as well. Go right now for 50% off your no-risk two-week trial at trinom.com slash appleinsider. That's spelled trinom, T-R-Y-N-O-M dot com slash appleinsider for 50% off. Trinom.com slash appleinsider. And our thanks to Nom Nom for their support of the Apple Insider podcast. But um, why wouldn't you travel with Vision Pro? I mean, that's the great strange bag to carry it in and everything oh i've got a review about that coming out um as we record and uh i have a lot of opinions it's a good storage case it's not a good travel bag um but yeah read read that review if you want all my opinions because we've spent a lot of time on vision pro already but no i'll sure. i'll definitely say um ipad isn't going anywhere vision pro isn't the ipad killer i mean it's the closest thing we've seen um android certainly didn't do anything to kill ipad but uh it's interesting to try and confront this because Vision Pro has made me uh, more of a Mac user again because now I just have the Mac in my environment. If I need to edit yeah. a photo, maybe I'll do it in Photomator and, and Vision Pro, but maybe if I need to do something more intense, I'll open um, Pixelmator Pro on the desktop of my Mac inside of Vision Pro, right? Like, 
there's use cases there. And I, and I do plan on traveling with it. Um, like I said, sitting in a hotel room, getting work done. Like if I had to do a shift in a hotel or at a friend's house or something, I would probably pull out vision pro and work from it. But if I'm more casually traveling, if it's a day trip or, you know, I don't need, or if I'm going to plan on sitting in a cafe or the lobby of a hotel, I'm going to take my iPad. I'm not going to take Vision Pro, at least not yet. It just doesn't seem socially correct, and it also feels like I'm going to get mugged. So, Yes, I think that that last bit, definitely. But I have been conscious that it feels more socially acceptable. I mean, there are very fine lines here, but more acceptable to have an Apple Vision Pro than a MetaQuest on your head as you walk around. I mean... Uh, am I just imagining that? You see more of it on TV, you see more people doing it, and it doesn't look as absolutely peculiarly stupid as it does with a MetaQuest. I might be being unfair there about MetaQuests. Just, or is it just, do you convince me so much? Well, just to close on Vision Pro talk, um, I will say, now that we've seen Apple Vision Pro, I can see where this is in, in five years, design-wise. It's, yeah. it's you know, it's going to be a closer form factor, closer to... Like, think of a rubber seal of a swim goggle um, wrapped around an aluminum frame that sits over your nose and face with a strap that wraps behind your head that's much lighter, that no longer needs the support. Uh, This thing's just going to get lighter, faster, better, and I think the battery thing is going to stick around for several generations I, if you guys think version 2 is going to get rid of the battery pack don't count on it um the, yeah. i think this is just going to be part of it honestly if we're aiming for glasses the battery pack's always going to be part of this at least until we figure out fusion for glasses or something i don't know uh it just it's too much weight and too much space to be dedicating to a headset apple expects you to wear for hours at a time I don't remember the last time I was this obsessed about some Apple hardware. I mean, there are certain Macs, yes, and all this stuff, and the iPhone, yes, but this degree of detail absorbing me, because I would normally have said I'm I'm a software kind of guy. And actually, this seems like a good time to bring up the fact that uh, we're hearing more and more about iOS 18 basically becoming AI-driven entirely. Um, have you any thoughts about software, or are you down the line hardware guy well so i think they go hand in hand Uh, of course like vision pro has its vision os and i think vision os is the more is even more interesting than the hardware itself and i don't think enough people are talking about it just every decision apple made in vision os but here you are making me talk about vision os again um sorry about that (laughs) okay i'm sure everyone is going to be writing to us saying please stop um but i will say uh, ios 18 and the associated releases um the new mac os tv os i'm seeing a lot of rumor suggesting like this is this is it guys this is the ai release look at all these new frameworks they're releasing in github uh where you can animate a thing or whatever it calm down we're going to get something like ai absolutely and tim cook is hyping it up so you know it's going to be a consumer focused thing it's not going to be hidden in the background like uh, autocorrect was but it's still going to be kind of like that autocorrect it's there's probably going to be a way to edit your photos by telling you know your assistant or a button what like a text dialogue what you want the photo to look like will you be changing reality probably not because apple likes their um naturalistic things but there's going to be apis apple's probably going to have its own large language model that uh, developers can tap into. And that is where things are going to get a little silly. We're going to see image generating apps and things like that. And uh, we probably won't have to pay for it um, because it's Apple and you pay for things through the hardware. Um, Maybe you get more queries or something if you're a Apple One subscriber. Who knows? But I think this is going to be one of those things where people are expecting a chatbot and they're going to get disappointed. Um, It's not a chatbot. We're going to get tools in iWork uh, that let you tell it what kind of keynote slide you want to see and get you started down the path to making the thing or you can tell it hey see that uh see this object make it animate like it's flying around the room and then like it can fly around keynote without you having to draw the animation lines yourself like there's going to be stuff like that i'm assuming and i think it's going to be fun it's going to be flashy and there's probably going to be some cool iMessage trick uh 
stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But it's hard to, to to expect some big flashy thing like an operating system run by AI is what people are expecting, and that I, that's just not going to be the case. No, I, I, you heard me exclaim when you said about iMessage. Every year, there's such a focus on uh, messages because it's obviously so popular. And I'm wondering what in the world can they do each year? And usually, it's let's have more stickers, more emoji. But this year, you know, generated stickers. Things... Well, there you go. That's totally turned me around. I will use mm-hmm. those in my writing, along all with the your time. emoji. Mm. The, mm. Your favorite. Mm. Do you know, I I woke up this morning with that great song that was written in emoji in my head. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, face palm. To, yeah, okay. Uh, this you joke, week, but I guarantee you there's a song with, that the title is emoji. Yeah. Um, I'm not really... I, I, when people can sing emojis, <laughs> they really do. thing is, the other the day... Artist somebody formerly known as Prince. Yes, oh, 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 very nice. Good point. The other day, somebody sent me a message with four emoji in it, and I had the impression that it was a compliment, but I couldn't decode it at all. And I'm thinking, <laughs> the whole point of these things is that they're instantly understandable. And there's here, I mean, what? I, I actually, I blew it up to larger size in case I was missing a fine detail in one of these, and I wasn't. So in the end, I kind of said, oh, yeah, I actually responded. I said, I see, and then got out of that conversation quickly for it but yeah so are Um, you excited about ai coming to ios 18 do you currently employ any kind of these quote-unquote ai tools well kind of i used to think called whisper transcription uh, a lot because um i for so many years 30 years i've been uh, recording interviews originally on tape cassette and then winding them, recording and writing down every word and every syllable and the pain of that is now just gone uh, since uh, Otter AI a couple of years ago started using that, and now Whisper on my Mac itself, it's fantastic. Just whack the recording in there and let it do its stuff while I have a cup of tea. AI for that is great. I mean, it's not perfect. Of course, no transcription is perfect, but yeah. it's amazing. I so I'm very pro on that. But I, I can't you, go an episode without mentioning that AI is the dumbest name that's ever existed yes. for this technology. We all, anyone who knows better, it's machine learning. Um, <laughs> it's always been machine learning, and that's existed for uh, going on decades now. I mean, the original Apple keyboard had machine learning in it uh, to detect where your thumb was going. Um, mm. You know, the Photos app can recognize your pets. That's machine learning. Uh, AI is just a fancy way of saying it because uh, machine learning is just not as sexy of a name, I guess. But um, I, I will say the these tools are exciting. I want to see what they can do, and I want to see what a company like Apple can do with them. And I'm excited because it's Apple, and I know that's a fanboyish thing to say, but um, it's just one of those things where I'm so bored uh, by what I've seen. Um, I'm not impressed by... Like, the image generation stuff is is neat. I like seeing what people do with it. I have no interest in pursuing that myself. Kind of like with... Uh, there's a video game called Little Big Planet that came out on the PlayStation 3 where people could generate their own worlds. I had more fun walking around other people's worlds. Yeah. I didn't want to ever make my own. And um, I, I like the idea of the tool. I hate the idea that it's basically stealing everything on the internet to make it happen. Mm. And so it's a very awkward thing. I want to see what Apple does to make this work on their end because I guarantee you Apple will be releasing things that look similar to other products. It's still not going to be a chatbot, but it's going to be analogous in a way that they're able to say, see, we did this too. Um, but again, in that Apple way that they love doing. So, I have hopes that they will do it right. That yeah. we will look back and think that's how it should always have been done. I, I'm conscious I've interviewed uh, AI artists long before all this was going off with ChatGPT, and it, it's very much they all all of them you know, were doing such different things, and they all ended up saying that it was uh, like another paintbrush for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, their art was theirs, and they used this tool. And I was thinking of that because Adobe released something last year or the year before the AI generated images. And so I generated an image in it and it was pants. It was just astonishingly awful. And that's got to be on me rather than the software. So I think the assumption that AI can do wonders and will all be out of the job is not there. But here's an example that I think people can wrap their heads around literally. Uh, Panoramic photos. They Mm -hmm. used to be a task and a half. If you wanted to take 
a literal panoramic photo in real life uh, with a di- digital camera, you would have to get a tripod and make sure that you didn't accidentally move it too far uh, up or down or anything. And painstakingly make sure you you take every photo or even just take extras to make sure they overlap enough. And then go to software and hand stitch it together. Yes. Um, and now it's just a mode on your phone. Mm-hmm. That is machine learning, right? That is AI. Um, and it is a powerful, amazing tool. And here we are taking panoramic photos and we're able to look at them in Vision Pro and all this Grandio- uh, grandiose clarity and and whatnot. It is very beautiful, and it's only going to get better. And here I am talking about Vision Pro again. But... I was thinking that all roads lead back to Vision Pro, but that's a great example of machine yeah. learning that I had not even considered. Yes, yeah. So okay. if you're if you're wondering what can this stuff do for me, well, just remember that once upon a time, panoramic photos didn't exist in a way that we could do it easily it was a lot of work um hdr photos is another example mm. uh manually stacking images a lot of photography stuff but also just look at the computer itself i mean we it, it was mostly an invention of necessity uh but when we first got it pointed at us through marketing it was replace your typewriter you know you know you no longer yes. need ink or a ribbon or paper you just uh, put it it's all on this display and i think as technology replaces the tools that we have in our life it may be a little scary at first but i think it makes us better at what we do and it enhances the work that we can perform i just you know again there are some moral issues with oh no they're stealing everything on the internet to make this happen <laughs> google this monolith who wants to suck in all your data uh facebook same deal they've created these tools um yeah using that stuff that honestly i f- kind of feel vindicated now because I, I i was always the crazy person saying delete your facebook they're they're this nasty scammy thing and in- install an ad blocker block all the facebook buttons they're tracking you across the internet it's so it's so greedy so weird why are they doing this and here we are we're seeing the fruits of that labor mm. um and all of this uh uh what what would you call intellectual property theft so yeah We'll we'll see where it all goes, but um, I'm excited to see what Apple does in this field. Of course. So I laughed there, and that's a rude thing to because you said something serious. It's just where you said intellect. The way you said intellectual property there reminded me. This is really obscure, but Aaron Sorkin's Sports Night uh, from 1999, 2000. There's a moment when one of the characters says, "The uh, intellectual property police are calling up my butt," and it's just. <laughs> It, in context, it's funny. I'll find, I'm not sure where Sports Night is streaming, but I'll find a link to it uh, somewhere. Um, we, we've got a couple minutes here for a quick mm. uh, shotgun round of some news, if you want to throw Great. anything. Well, actually, what's on my mind is, did you watch Jon Stewart return uh, to The Daily Show? Yes, I watched it. Was it any good? Oh, it, it's uh, if you like Jon Stewart, it's it's him. Um, especially if you like the Apple TV Plus version of him because it's very old him, um, and he likes to point out how old he is uh, on a regular basis. Um, but the episode, of course, was very political because he's brought back with the sole purpose of covering the election every Monday from now until uh, the end of democracy or the election, whichever happens first. Wait, you, you've got an election in America? No way, no. No. You haven't heard? Um Okay. But no, it was it was a good episode, and he did a good job. Um, I think uh, people need to cool it. It's comedy. <laughs> it's yeah. it's comedy news. It's supposed to rail, uh, rail against people making fun of the current president and the previous one. It's kind of the point. It, yes. I, anyway, I just I've seen a lot of commentary around it that just kind of make my eyes roll, and I'm just like, uh, don't take yourself so seriously. But um, people were. I had a couple of people asking me about like, so what does this mean about the TV show? Did he really leave over Apple? Uh, not wanting him to talk about AI in China. He had an opening line where he's like, we're going to talk about China. We're going to talk about AI. And people are like, see, look, he, he wasn't able to talk about that with Apple. It's like, those are the topics of the day. <laughs> That's just yes. what everyone's talking about. Um, it came to light in a CBS interview. And, and this is the most we're ever going to get, but I think it makes sense to me. He and Apple, again, we, we know they parted ways amicably based on the initial report of his departure. Um, but now we kind of know why. Apple was starting to get concerned, it seems, about legal issues. 
uh, defamation lawsuits. I mean, he definitely pushed that line in the first two seasons of his show, especially that second season where he was basically um, showing the uh, ineptitude of certain senators and governors and stuff like that um, on television. They, he would record these interviews and corner them and make them say ridiculous things on air. And it, it was great entertainment, but it was also, oh, no, lawsuits. Um, you... Well, that's the thing. Actually, Apple has no lawyers at all. No, they have no experience in lawsuits. I think they're or just trying. I think it's just because uh, all the divisions are their own thing. But I think it's just one of those we would prefer you to be a news program and cover these topics that need to be discussed, but in a way that you're not going to get sued because him getting sued means the show's getting sued means Apple's getting sued and it all comes downhill. So his comment on CBS, I'm pulling a lot from one sentence, but his sentence was basically Apple didn't want me getting in legal trouble is was his, uh, was what his statement was. And I I'm reading into it. It makes a lot of sense. It gets back to uh, if you rewind forever, (laughs) To when I was discussing why my why I think uh, they actually parted ways, it's still that he wants to get into things in a way that are antagonizing and get to the point. And sometimes, especially in politics and especially in this world we live in, the only way to do that is to make people angry. And I think mm. Apple was looking for something a little less controversial. Um, maybe we need that controversy, but I don't think it's Apple's job to be that voice um it would be nice if they chose to do that but if they choose not to that's perfectly within their right so um yeah i think i think stewart just wants to be on a bigger stage on the on the biggest stage and the daily show is a fairly large stage a lot of people watch it it's pretty huge and he now he gets to do what he wants to do which is try to point out the flaws in american democracy in a way that's humorous but informative and keeps people on their toes as we head into a very important election. Wild to think that it's got a bigger uh, reach now because I still remember Oprah Winfrey saying the reason she was on Apple TV was a billion devices, y'all, some phrase like that, and a billion devices is not enough, I suppose, if people don't tune in. Right. Yeah. It's still a subscription service. You still have to pay to watch. And I I would say that like Apple TV Plus is probably doing fine, but... Again, when you're comparing yourself to Netflix, which is in every device on the planet, um, yeah, it's kind of a tough compare. Actually, I realized I was just going to completely skip this. I don't know what you just said there that put it in my mind. Something about controversy and legal disputes. Uh, As a man in, well, I'm in Europe, but I'm not in the European Union because Brexit, England, all that stuff. Um, We have the whole thing going on here now that Apple has escaped uh, being called a gatekeeper by the European Union, specifically for iMessages. So it won't have to open up to third-party people. It won't have to do anything. It's still going to. It's still going to support RCS. But the EU says, yeah, you're fine, whatever. Yeah. They were the they EU- were never going they – were, they were just going to leave. Apple's threat was, we're just going to – your market's so small, we're just going to stop iMessage from working in, in Europe rather mm. than open it up to whatever they wanted to do. And I, I think uh, – the EU said, "Okay, never mind. <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to force that." That's, I'd heard that argument a lot about some weird things that Britain, specifically on its own, was trying to do. Not, not that it was uh, the EU wide, because uh, WhatsApp and Apple both told the UK Parliament, "We're gone if you do this." Basically, a very silly thing to do is cracking open uh, end-to-end encryption just for the good guys, kind of thing. Yeah, um, but, but America's yeah. been through the same thing, and it usually falls apart eventually because it's it usually happens in this order and it it needs to happen in a different order but um most world governments think they 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 just come across a complaint maybe someone's filed a complaint with their office from a human being who doesn't know any better that says hey i hate um that iMessage is this closed system and then they're like hey i hate that too and let's let's write some legislation i don't understand the technology behind it and then we and then you know it gets high enough that the FCC has chairman on on their whatever you want to call it but it's an FCC chairman who should know you know communication standards it's kind of in the title um out here spouting rhetoric that you would see in a you know 9 to 5 Google forum <laughs> about iMessage versus green bubbles and 
um he, he didn't even seem to understand the difference between sms and imessage yeah. and fcc chairman so again these government officials they make uh, uh, all these laws and things and try to get bills passed and apple and these technology companies come in and say that's not how any of this works we can't do it that way um try again <laughs> basically and they have to either change legislation or give up on that legislation which is usually the path they choose because they just really don't understand what they're asking for when they ask for it but they put all that effort into finding the name for bills of things that spell out that that are backronyms there's got to be the act for blue and green bubbles that's abba so, yeah, anyway okay yes um, so let's one, leave one it. last well one last <laughs> thing uh actually two last things i, I can do this quick i promise because I know you got to go. Is it about Vision Pro? No. I'm glad. Oh, actually, I'm quite disappointed, but okay. Okay, yes. so one, if a HomePod... So you own HomePods, correct? But it's the original yes. set. Yes, it is. If a HomePod with a display was released, would you be tempted? No, because I'm shocked how little I use my HomePods. I'm looking That's at right. a HomePod Mini right now, and I keep forgetting that it's there. I only remember when I issue a command to Siri to my watch, and the HomePod across the room so you, you know, does it instead. Yeah. I... I First, I will answer my own question. I will be, I would definitely buy this because it's an interesting product and I would put one in my kitchen immediately. Second, um, I can make this about Vision Pro and I will say that um, I have a stereo pair of the fancy Gen 1 HomePods in my office. When I'm using Vision Pro, I'm not using those because the spatial audio in this headset is so good that oh. I, I would just prefer listening to music with the headset audio. And where wow. I can control it inside the environments uh, rather than have an external device running the audio. Isn't that interesting? That's very interesting to me. Oh, okay. Now, now of course, the bass and stuff from the HomePods are going to be better. It's going to be a better listening experience. But when I'm in the headset, I want all the audio sourced from it. And it's just so good at it that I don't miss the HomePods. Let me put it that way. They are still better audio, of course, because they're these giant speakers moving a lot of air. But... Let me tell you the experience with the headset is so nice. But one last, last, last <laughs> tidbit, because I just wanted to, I have it in here for a reason. Did you yeah. try out your Valentine's Day love or heartbreak playlist or uh, radio stations? I, oh, that's a thought. I did try them both. I tried the love one. Um, what was your initial, what was your first song? Do you remember? Uh, it was a Carol King song, Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow, which actually felt like it belonged more on the preparing to break up uh, station. That's um, funny. What was yours? I believe Carol King was my girlfriend's first song in the love playlist, which is very funny. Um, but mine, just, uh, it, I've, I've seen a lot of people say I got it wrong. Mine were spot on. My love first song was Paramore. Um gosh i can't remember the name of it but it's basically the one where they're saying i don't believe in love but it, only when it's with you i so someone knows which song it is i don't remember the title of it but paramore alternative music love it and then my heartbreak was my my chemical romance i don't love you <laughs> and it and it was it, yeah it was it was quite good. So uh, if you haven't saw those uh, stations, uh, link in the show notes, go check it out on Apple Music. They're pretty clever. Okay. And let's just end this here by saying I now have to, you've convinced me, I have to go sit outside an Apple store and wait for the Vision Pro or talk to Mike Worthily and be talked back out of it. And you have to go listen to Carol King's Tapestry album right away. Of course. Okay. That's important. Wes, thank you very much for putting up for me, interrogating you on this minutiae that I'm so interested in. I'm really grateful for that. Um, thanks also to our sponsors, Nom Nom and ZocDoc. And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll be back with wondrous masses of Apple news, all the exciting things that'll be happening possibly by next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>